to the name of the Lord tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. It's what it's all about. Because it's not about me, it's not about you, but it's all about Him. Amen? Hallelujah. He's the reason. He's the reason. Well, it's great to be in the house of the Lord on this Wednesday night. Um, it's great to see everybody out with us tonight that uh, has come out. We've got a, a special guest that is with us tonight. We're glad to have this young man with us, next door neighbor, sister uh, there. And let's just give him a hand for being with us tonight. We appreciate him. Amen. Appreciate Sister Angie bringing him tonight. Amen. And, uh, uh, we're just glad for each and every one being here. Hallelujah. We're going to uh, go to God in prayer at this time. Um, the Bible said the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Amen. So I believe in prayer. I believe prayer works. Uh, and one of our weaknesses is we don't do it enough. Um, and that's uh, that's on our bad, not his. Amen. But um, uh, it's something that we need to do 
amen, each and every day. Um, there's a lot of sicknesses going around, different ones are um, battling things. Maybe you have, you got the message that was sent out. I asked Cassie to send out a message the uh, other day about Brother Ellis um, and um, Bowling Green, Kentucky. Uh, he is in uh, in the hospital in CCU. Um, he's having problems with his heart, and um, I don't know. Ever since he had the bypass surgery, if you've noticed him before, uh, and then after that he's been here, he just he uh, just don't look right. He don't look healthy. Don't look himself, and he's not uh, really recovered. And now, uh, he first went in, they thought he was having a stroke, and prayer went out for that, but it turned out to not be a stroke, But uh, and they did a heart cath on him today, and I haven't heard the results of that. So, Brother uh, Frank Ellis, he's a precious man in the Lord, I've known him many years, um, and uh, uh, just remember him in prayer, that God will uh, touch him and um, give him uh, the healing that he needs, amen. Um, remember, Sister uh, uh, Mary, in your prayers, I was glad that she was able to be with us this past Sunday, but she is battling a lot of issues, and we want to continue to um, hold her up in prayer. Uh, Sister Edna, uh, we did a prayer cloth for her, uh, Sunday, and uh, this situation uh, with her liver is getting getting bad. It's getting at the point that uh, God needs to touch, that she needs a miracle. Uh, and uh, so remember her, and remember Brother Paul. Uh, he has been so good uh, right there with her all this time. I don't know how long it's been now, last few years it's uh, taking care of her. But that uh, that kind of thing wears you down, and uh, as well. So let's remember them both uh, in prayer tonight. Who else has got a special prayer curse that you'd like to remember? Speak out, yes, sis. All right. Hmm. All right, let's remember that request. Anybody else got a special request? Yes, sister.
Yes, we had prayed for her before she would get out of the hospital. Let's pray for Sister Wanda, Sister Law, and it's good to have Sister Wanda with us tonight. We missed her over the weekend. She was not feeling good, able to be here. I'm glad she's here. Uh, Sister Darlene is still not. Uh, she's still trying to get back over that uh, pneumonia that she had. That, that stuff is bad on you when it hits you, folks. It will take everything out of you. So uh, continue to pray for her. Yes, you got someone coming on the Internet? Stephen's in the hospital. The one lives just right out here. Okay, um, uh, let's remember uh, my cousin Stephen. He, he just lives a stone throw from the church here. Uh, and pray he's in the hospital. And I uh, don't know what the situation is, but we're going to definitely remember him in prayer. Uh, my sister, those, these, these prayer requests are coming in from those that are watching online. Uh, my sister's asking prayer for uh, my niece, Dee Dee. Uh, she is... Uh, these uh, treatments that she's taken for the cancer, I'm tell you, they are they are really bad. Uh, she uh, they're terrible. I think the treatments are worse than the disease. Myself, uh, just remember her in prayer. Yes, sis. Oh, okay. Randy, Randy will be going next week to have his gallbladder removed. Okay, so let's remember him in prayer that everything will go well with that. Yes. All right, let's remember Sister Mildred in prayer. Um, they're in the uh, uh, nursing home where she is at. And um, since there was a couple um, uh, requests and come in had to do with uh, my family I want to uh, give God uh, those of you that was here Sunday you uh, you know that I had uh, I had questions about the message uh, and um, I said Lord you know who's this message for and um, I couldn't I couldn't get away from it I had to uh, uh, preach it I had to uh, delivered, and you'll recall the name of the message was, which option will you take? Well, somebody, somebody in my family contacted me uh, and sent me a, me a private message and uh, thanking me for preaching. He said, uh, the Lord sent me to hear you preach that message over the Internet. It was for me. He said, and God spoke to me and did something for me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Brother Chase, you gave me a word. I think it was after he told me that, uh, you know, yeah. And uh, so, uh, praise the Lord. Amen. Anybody else got a prayer request? Yes. All right. Praise the Lord. Remember the uh, uh, the senior camp that's going on in Hot Springs, Arkansas right now? Uh, let's pray that, uh, uh, of course, they'll have a, a great time this week, but we want them also uh, for God to do something spiritual in their life. 
I'd, I'd, I'd like to see a good report where we'd have 30 or 40 of them be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise God. And so just remember them that, uh, of course, you know, some of ours are down there uh, as well. And uh, when they head back, be heading back on Saturday, be praying God give them a safe trip back. Amen. Anybody else? All right. Remember, amen, that prayer request. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Any unspoken requests by an uplift hand? Yes, they're all over the house. Hallelujah. Amen. Remember um, the teaching tonight? And while we pray, you know how we do on Wednesday night. Uh, if you um, uh, brought an offering to give, goes in our missions fund or deacon fund. Um, that's what uh, helps uh, take care of those two funds. You can um, bring it and then greet one another in, in the name of the Lord as we as we do that. Father, we come right now. We thank you and we praise you, Lord, for the opportunity we have to be in your house tonight, to be able to come before you, Lord, in prayer and faith, believing. It's because of what you did at Calvary that we have this opportunity. The Bible says we can boldly, not backwardly or shy, but boldly approach the throne of grace to obtain mercy, to find help, in the time of need. And all of these requests that were spoken, God, in the hands that was raised, we put them in your care right now. You are prayer answering, God, and I know you care about the things that we care about, Lord. So I put them all on your control right now in Jesus' name. Bless this offering that we receive as well. And everything's accomplished. We give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Let the church say, God bless you tonight as you give. Just feel like something good is on its way. Jesus promised that He'd open all of heaven. And brother, this could be that very day when God's people humble themselves and call on Jesus. And He looks to heaven expecting as a
No, I still hear it. <laughs> All right. Go ahead and you start passing them out, brother. Hit that uh, button back there and just cut those monsters off because we're going to be needing to see if we got to stop it. The, the, the strip, the one that makes the noise when you do it. Okay, let's get spiritual now. God is good. And all the time, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. All right, we have been uh, uh, doing a spotlight on Scripture uh, for the past few weeks, and um, we have spent all this time really on one little short verse, and that's Proverbs 1 and 7. That's been our spotlight, and um, talking about the fear of the Lord, and um, exactly what the fear, having fear of the Lord is, uh, and um, and what it what it means for us uh, uh, today. Amen. Um, I want to just kind of remind you just a little bit of some of the things that we talked about. Uh, when we talk about the fear of the Lord, it's different for unbelievers than it is for believers. Uh, the, having the fear of the Lord for those who have not been born again, not uh, given their heart to the Lord, uh, the fear of the Lord means something totally different from that group. And uh, let me just, this right here would be a great time to interject. I ain't fixing to do nothing mean to you. I'm because I'm looking at you. She, she's like our little dog at home. She don't trust me. <laughs> Darlene's little dog don't trust. Sometimes he'll lay in her lap and he just just stare at me just and, and, and give a low growl. <laughs> I don't know why it is. I'm not no evil looking dude, am I? <laughs> <laughs> but what I wanted to interject here is, and uh, I, I hope I hope she don't mind. But somebody came to me um, before service started tonight, and I'm talking about uh, Sister Vicky back there, and she said, "Brother Sammy, will you baptize me this coming Sunday?" 
So we're going to have a baptizing this coming Sunday. Amen. Hallelujah. And I promise to hold you down until all the bubbles come out. <laughs> I better hush. I know I scare her off. I wanna... <laughs> but that is great. Amen. So uh, we'll be um, having that baptizing. Uh, it, it would be great. I remember there was one sad, uh, Sunday of when we was meeting at FAC on Sunday afternoon before we bought this place, uh, we uh, had scheduled one to be baptized. And come Sunday before the baptizing stopped, we had baptized four or five people. And that was just fantastic. Let's just pray that that happened again. Hallelujah. That would be great. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But getting back to the fear of the Lord, saying that it's different for the unbeliever than it is the believer. <coughs> for the unbeliever, the fear of God is the fear of the judgment of God and eternal death. That's what the fear of God is for the unbeliever. Uh, eternal separation from the Lord. But for the believer, those that have been born again and in the body of Christ, the fear of God is something much different because the Bible says in Romans 8 and 1 that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? Who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. So the believer's fear means a reverence and awe and respect of God. That's what we're talking about when we talk about the, how we need to fear God the Lord. Now, we, uh, we, as we broke it down and we spent uh, uh, talk, time talking about how that we need to show respect to things that are sacred uh, and that God, there are certain things that God has considered holy and sacred. And uh, we, we talked about that and we talked about his sanctuary, and we brought out the scriptures back under the Old Testament and the, the natural temple that Solomon built. God considered it sacred and holy, and if, if everything wasn't done just right, judgment would come upon those people uh, that uh, failed to do it the way that God asked it to be done. And then we brought it down to our day and time that God's sanctuary uh, is not a physical building. Amen. I'm his sanctuary. You're his sanctuary. Our bodies is the temple of the Lord. Uh, I have a little different take on that than what some of my brothers do. Uh, it's something that the Lord, I feel like the Lord's quickening my spirit and that's how come that I, I kind of hold this. There's a scripture that talks about the glory of the latter house will be greater than the glory of the former. And most people, when they use that scripture and talk about that scripture, I talk about how much how much power and glory is going to be. Uh, 
you know, in, in, in the physical church in this last day that, uh, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be greater. And, uh, and I can understand some of the reason on that, and I will not disavow that fully, but let me ask you just to take this and think about it just and, and pray about it. But if, but if I am the house of the Lord now, I was filled with that Shekinah glory that was in the old temple behind the veil. <laughs> and the glory of the latter house, I, which I am that house, you are that house, each one of is going to be greater than all of that before in the Old Testament and under the Old, because Jesus made a promise. He said, the works that I do, you're going to do, and greater works shall you do. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All we got to do is realize, folks, who we are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. You ain't got something that just makes you have goosebumps, but if you've got the Holy Ghost, you've got the Shekinah of glory. The thing that sat upon the mercy seat behind the veil is dwelling in you. The same spirit that spoke in the beginning and said, let there be light is dwelling in you. So that's the glory of the latter house. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Hallelujah. But that's, that's my take on that. And that's what I feel like the Lord gave me on that. Now, we're going to talk, we're going to try to finish up this tonight. We talked about um, his sanctuary being sacred. And I feel like I have to deal with this. Uh, before um, wind up, and we passed out uh, the handouts, and if you notice there, number two, his word is sacred. God's word uh, is sacred. And I have Proverbs 13 and 13 printed in your handout in the amplified version, the amplified version of Scripture. And this is what it says. Whoever despises the word and counsel of God brings destruction upon himself. But he who reverently fears and respects the commandment of God will be rewarded. Amen. That is a beautiful rendering and translation from the Hebrew there of the Amplified Version. Whoever despises the word and counsel of God brings destruction upon himself. But he who reverently, and as what we have been saying, that's what we're talking about when we talk about having the fear of God. It ain't like we live in terror. I'm terrified of God. You know? Uh, uh, it's not like that at all. But this is an important factor in fearing, respect, and reverence. God, the way we respect and reverence God is to esteem His Word 
with the highest regard and respect. God's word should be viewed as sacred, holy, without fault. Amen. When there is a, and get this folks, please get this. When there is a shallow view or regard to his word, there will eventually be the same for God himself. Somebody who don't have the respect for God's word like they should, if they don't now, sooner or later, that's going to lead to them not having the right kind of respect for God. Because you can't separate God from his word. They are one and the same. John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. Hallelujah. So you can't separate them. They're one and the same. Now the writer of Proverbs 13 and 13 gave an ammonition and commendation. He first states that whoever despises or disrespect in Hebrew, that's what this word despise is in Hebrew, disrespects in Hebrew the word and counsel. I got that highlighted in your handout because uh, we got it, we're going to be bringing that out and break, breaking that down just in a minute. The word and the counsel of God will bring destruction on his own self. And notice where the destruction comes from. It don't, the destruction is not going to come from God. It's not going to come from the devil. But it's self-imposed judgment. Amen. The person who disrespects uh, the word and the counsel of God is bringing self-imposed judgment on their own self. And when I was putting this together in a prayerful attitude, Proverbs 26 and 27 came to my mind. Whoever digs a pit will fall into it. And he who rolls a stone will have it rolled back on him. Amen. Think about that. If you disrespect the word of God, and I've got in parentheses here in any form. Now I'm going to be talking about that in a minute. If you disrespect the word of God in any form, you are digging your own pit or grave. Amen. It's, it's the truth. How do we disrespect God's word? Uh, it's important for us to know because the consequences of doing so, the, if the consequences are so severe in disrespecting the word of God, uh, then we need to understand, you know, how do we go about it? How do we disrespect God? And I, I took the time to put these down, uh, and there's more than this in there, but because of space and time, I wasn't able to cover it all. But number one, we disrespect God by neglecting it. We disrespect the Word of God by neglecting it. How often do you read your Bible? 
Is the only time you open up the book when you come to Sunday school on Sunday morning? If you are, if you're doing that, you're showing disrespect to God's word. Amen. The word is kind of like a little. Uh, I I made a post on social media one time, and uh, that post was this. The Word of God is supposed to be daily bread, not cake for special occasions. Amen. Most of us don't eat cake every day. We only get it at special occasions. Amen. Well, the Word of God is meant to be daily bread. Hallelujah. Not just cake for special occasions when everything's beginning to fall some people don't even ever think about God till everything begins to fall apart in their life. That's sad, but it's true. Amen. We, we disrespect the Word of God by neglecting it. Proverbs one twenty five in the Christian Standard Version is what I'm using in this. You neglected all my counsel and did not accept my correction. Amen. You neglected all my... I used that verse in my message last Sunday. Uh, you neglected all my, my counsel and did not uh, accept all my correction. And then we disrespected by disobeying it. And I'm talking about the Word of God here. And the example I've chose to use is Genesis chapter 19 and verse 26. But Lot's wife looked back and became a pillar of salt. She disobeyed the word of the Lord. Now, she did, and this is going to be a little bit of what I'm fixing to get to. She, she didn't pick up a, a Bible and read in the Bible where God uh, Lot's wife, don't you dare turn around and look back when y'all get out heading out of Sodom. But if you read, go back and read the chapter, it was an angel of the Lord that spoke the word of the Lord. You see, God's word comes in other forms other than this. God's word is too powerful to be contained in a printing from some publishing company of man down here on earth. Amen. God's word, and I'm going to be talking more, but I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but it was an angel that told, told them, do not look back. She looked back. She disobeyed the word of God and by disobeying the word of God, like I said, it wasn't a written word, but it was a word of God just as sure. And she, she lost her life. And in the New Testament, in the book of Luke, I believe it is, when Jesus was tell, retelling the story, a very short verse in scripture, he just uh, said three words and he didn't say nothing else about it. He just said, remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. So we disrespect the word of God by disobeying, uh, 
disobeying him. And then thirdly, and like I said, there's some other ways, but I, I, I'm not covering them all. We disobey God's word by being timid over it. Being timid over his word. Being ashamed of it. Being shy. Being backward. And this right here is really hitting home for God's people today. With all of this stuff that's going on, God is looking for somebody to stand up and be a voice. Somebody to stand up and shine a light in this dark world. But we can disrespect the word of God if we're ashamed of the word of God. A scripture that I'll give you about that is Mark chapter 8 and verse 38. Jesus said, for whoever is ashamed of me and my words. Notice that. And my words. In this adulterous and sinful generation, that verse continues to say, I'm going to be ashamed of you when you stand before the Father in heaven. Amen. My Lord. We can disrespect the word. Folks, whatever God has brought you wisdom on and light on, don't be afraid to speak it. Don't be ashamed to say it. If you find yourself in a, in a crowd of people that is putting down the word of God or whatever and do it, you know, God is looking for somebody to stand and be a light on your job, in your neighborhood, every, everywhere. Uh, this is one thing, folks, you can't afford to be timid. Go back and read Revelation at the end of the book. Uh, it gives a list of all those that are going to be cast into the lake of fire. But the fearful, and that fearful it means some translation says the timid, the shy, the backward, the unbelieving. Then it goes on to talk about the murderers and whoremongers and all. And all that stuff. Amen. Uh, in Ezekiel, the Lord God said he looked for a man. And just because man was specified there does not mean uh, not, uh, not to be a woman as well. But he said, in other words, he said, I look for someone to stand in the gap and make up the hedge. The devil has got a, uh, standing in the gap. In that time, the wall was a main defense of a city. And if the enemy has knocked a, a, a hole or knocked part of the wall down, there needed to be people to go and stand in that hole of that wall and guard the city until the other people had time, the builders had time to come back and repair it. The devil has blown a lot of holes in the walls of Zion today. And God's looking for men and women with enough backbone and gumption. Not saying that you ain't going to have the love of God and, and show the care and the love of God and the grace of God. That ain't what I, that's not what I'm saying. 
Because whatever we do has got to be motivated by love. Because it's, even though I might tell you the truth and I don't tell it to you in love, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Love is supposed to be the main motivator. But God's looking for men and women willing to stand in the gap. I remember our, we're coming up on our 75th anniversary. I remember our forefather, Brother Helm, a man maybe who wouldn't be respected by a whole lot of people in today's world. He wasn't highly educated. But God used him and there's, I, I, I watched him and I, I, I learned from him. I've heard him talk to people trying to explain a scripture to somebody who didn't believe the scripture or didn't understand it. And he'd say, well, well listen here, dear heart. That's what he'd call them, dear heart. Listen, listen here, dear heart. Don't, don't you see it's like this? Uh, and I mean, and, and things like that. And that's that's what I'm talking about. We've got to be willing to stand in the gap, show the love of God through us, but don't back down because you're afraid of being laughed at or talked about or used in some other kind of way. Hallelujah. So, neglecting the word, disobeying the word, being timid over the word. All them, them are ways that we disrespect, man, I've got to move on. We also need to understand, now here's, I'll, I'll mention this already briefly. We also need to understand that the written word, and I'm talking about what I'm holding in my hand right here, is not the total word of God. That's not the total. You have the living word and the spoken word. This is why I referred to disrespecting the word of God in any form back um, in, in our lesson. I was talking about disrespecting God in any form. God's word is multifaceted and transcends all earthly time and space. I hope everybody can see that. Amen. His word transcends time. I'm, I'm talking about, put the word eternity in there. And space. All of God's word can be contained in this book. What well, did not even one of the writers, I believe, wasn't it John, uh, when he uh, got to the close of his gospel, he said that uh, he supposed all the books in the world could not contain it all. Hallelujah. Glory. Amen. So, um, Genesis 15 and 1. After these things, the word of the Lord. Now, there wasn't no Bible. This is before Moses' time, who theologians tell us Moses was the one who wrote the first five books, the, the Torah, the Pentateuch um, by the Greek. Uh, but here in Abram's time, way back in his early days, before God even changed his name to Abraham, 
It said the word of the Lord came to Abram. How in the world could he get the word of the Lord if there wasn't no Bible? God is letting us know something here. The word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Anybody here tonight ever, ever had a dream or vision that you believe was given to you by God? You received the word of God if you did. You received the word of the Lord. And that word needs to be respected and reverenced as much as this right here, as long as it don't contradict this here. That's how, that's how you know whether or not your dream or vision was really from God you check it by this. And that's simple. That I mean, that that's simple. So the word of the Lord, amen, uh, um, appeared and came to Abram in a vision. So remember, we got the written word. I hold it up here in my hand. Second Timothy chapter three and verse sixteen. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Amen. All scripture. So we have the written word. And that word, inspiration, it means God breathed. I didn't put that in my notes, but that just comes to me. It means God breathed. People say, how can I know this is this is right, and the word's written here. Oh. That's how we got it. That's how we got it. Hallelujah. It may be a man God used to put it on pen, down with pen and ink, but it was God, <laughs> hallelujah, who breathed on them. Glory. Then you got the spoken word. Second Peter, Peter 1 and 21. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but by holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. The spoken word. And this has to deal with everything from the gift of prophecy to what Abram had and how God speaks and comes and gives people, you know, a, a, a word of God. Uh, and that's it, it comes from all of that. Amen. It's a spoken word going all the way back to the beginning. And God said, let there be light. That's a spoken word. Hallelujah. Glory, my Lord. Then you got the living word. John 1 and 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Hallelujah. Jesus is the living word. Amen. He's the living word. And in the, now John wrote this here in his gospel, and in the later years of his ministry, he penned what I think are some beautiful words concerning Christ as the living word. If you go and look in 1 John, not St. John, but 1 John 1 and 1, notice how he writes it here. 
that which was from the beginning. Hallelujah. Remember John 1 and 1, in the beginning was what? The Word. Now he says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, amen, spoken word, we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled the word of life. John says, we've been blessed by being able to touch him and handle him. John says, hey, I leaned over and laid on his breast at the last supper. <laughs> Glory to God. I've <laughs> Glory to God. Man, those are beautiful things. We're talking about the word of God. So you see, if we respect the word, we're disrespecting Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to wrap up quickly by talking about a little about the value of the word and the dependability of the word. Uh, it sanctifies us. John 17, 17. In Jesus' prayer, he prayed to the Father, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is true. Talking about the value of the word, it sanctifies us. The word also keeps us from sin. I've had multiple hundreds down through the years to come to me and ask how to overcome a certain thing. I always use this scripture right here, Psalms 119.11. David, and he was a man who had to deal with sin. Amen? But he said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. You get this word down in you, folks, it's going <clears> to, <throat> hallelujah, it's going to take out the impurities. You're going to end up with a fire burning inside what you're going to end up. Glory to God. It sanctifies us. It keeps us from sin. It brings us hope. Psalms 119 again. He said, my soul faints for thy salvation, but I hope in thy word. Hallelujah. Word gives us hope. It gives us strength. You ever feel weak spiritually? Amen. The word will give you strength. Amen. Psalms 119 again. My soul melts for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according to thy word. Hallelujah. Amen. And also, I love this one. It heals us. Psalms 107 and 20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. I know testimonies of people who have had terminal illnesses, cancers, other things that were bad, and they never had a preacher lay their hands on them for healing, but they got into the Word and they looked up every scripture they could look up in the Bible on healing and they would read them every day and get that Word in them. And I know people giving the testimonies who are cancer-free today 
It's because they got the word in them. God sent the word to heal, folks. Hang on to that. Remember that. Next time you've got a sickness or a problem you can't get rid of, amen, start looking the, uh, the scriptures up. And the Bible's full of scriptures about healing, divine healing. Begin to quote them. Apply them to your life. Let's talk about dependability. Can we depend on the word? Well, Psalms 119.89 tells us it's unwavering. He said, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. That word settled means a sure foundation. It's set. It's established. It's going to be there. It's unwavering. It's not moving. Hallelujah. The word of God has been tested. Amen. Thy word is very pure. Therefore thy servant loveth it. Psalms 119.1. That word pure right there comes, comes when, you, when you research it out, it comes from putting metals in the fire to take out the impurities. Like silver. I like the story about the old old fellow who who was a, um, a silversmith years ago and still did did it by hand and he, he melted the silver and and got it to where it was something valuable and he heated up you know and he would uh, the uh, impurities would rise up and kind of linger on the top of it and he would kind of skim it off and keep doing it and somebody asked him one time said how do you know when it's ready. And he looked. He said, I know it's ready when I look into it and I can see my image. So the next time you ask God, Lord, how much longer are you going to have me go through this? He said, when I see my image in you. Woo! Hold me back. Mm. Lord mercy. Um, Lord, I, I, James said his word's like a mirror. And I look in his word. And Brother Chase, I still see too much of Sammy Pruitt. God is in the business of purifying through the Holy Spirit and through, through the washing of the water by the word. And we're going to be, be kept to the fire until God can look at us and not see our image no more, but see his image. And then dependability, the last one, it's ever alive. Ever alive. Hebrews 4 and 12. For the word of God, original King James says, quick uh, and powerful. New King James says the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's ever alive. It's powerful. It's real. Hallelujah. Amen. That's the, these things are the dependability. So one's attitude toward the word of God makes all the difference. It makes all the difference in our life. God's written word, and this is the last paragraph, but, but don't, don't forget this. God's written word was not given just for our information before our salvation and transformation. Sometimes we waste too much time trying to dig out stuff and just get information out of it. But it was written 
for our salvation and our transformation. That's the main, that's the main purpose. I would suspect that among Christians today, the problem generally is not too much respect for the Scripture, but too little. Hallelujah. So, I hope you got something out of our study. Uh, and I want to ask something now. And I want you to be, everybody, frank and honest. Uh, it has gotten, came back to me, to my attention, there's a lot of Bible translations, and a lot of times you hear uh, the minister, pastor, uh, Brother Ronnie here, uh, say like, and I use the Amplified Version and the Passion Translation and all that. It's all kind of translations of the Bible. And there are some out there that you really need to stay away from that are no good, that the devil's behind it to deceive people. Amen. Now, uh, I, um, that, that, and so, I, if you would like, and I'm going to see, see a show of hands, before I begin another study uh, uh, in, the, in the Word, if you would like for me to spend a night or two, remember how long it takes, on how we got our Bible uh, and talking specifically the English translations, uh, how we got what, what each translation, what year they come about in, how they come about, and how to be able to judge between those translations. Uh, if you would like uh, us to study that just a little bit, let me see your hand. It's about everybody, so uh, I guess we will we will do that. Lord willing, next begin next Wednesday night. Let's all stand together. I appreciate you bearing with me. I've run 10, 11, 12 minutes over, but I wanted to finish that up this evening. Father God, as we come tonight, we thank you and we praise you for your grace and your love. Thank you for your goodness and mercy. We thank you, Lord, for this study. Help us, God, to let it be seed planted in us because. One scripture we didn't use, God, is your word is a lamp to our feet and a light into our path, and let it be that way. Keep blessing everybody the rest of the week. Keep everybody safe on the highway. In Jesus' name, let the church say, God bless you. Sunday's Father's Day. Hope to see you Sunday. Amen.